Welcome to Dominion Sonship Life once again. Once again, here we go. Dive. We dive. We dive. Really only to soar. We dive in Him only to soar in Him. And really that is, <laughs> that is exactly what we're called to do is to abide in Him. So He'll abide in us. And that is a true soar in the Spirit. That is a true that is, that is the true life that is found in the true vine. And so today we have a message again. And it is, it is, um, the title when he spoke to be brought a particular thought of my, can I say, my experience with titles such as these, uh, having, um, been in Christendom for a while, and and when you hear the title, you understand what I'm saying and what I'm talking about. And when I sat down to quieten myself to to receive the lead that the title was taking me on, it lined up just perfect. It lined up exactly in the flow of how he has been flowing. And so here we go. Flow in his flow. Flow in his flow. Isn't that what we all want? To flow in his flow? To flow in his flow is really to live in the spirit. To flow in his flow is really to live in the liberty of his spirit. To flow in his flow is to really live in life himself. To have the full expression of him, of him living life through us. To flow in his flow is, is, is true. It is, it is really the truest form of Christendom. That is what we are attaining to live in and to live out from. No longer you and I, like Paul said, but him in us living out his life through us. So flow in his flow. We finished last week with John 6. We read a lot of verses in John 6. And today, let's go back to John 6. We'll do 61. Flow in his flow. When when this title came to me initially, I, of course, I thought of demonstrations of the Spirit. Flow in his flow. I've all often, I have often heard many messages along this way and, and really it's to do with the demonstration of the Holy Spirit, the flow of God. The flow of God is really the abundant river of God that everything lives in, that health is in, that provision is in, mercy, goodness, everything good, wholeness, in the flow of his flow. And those messages tend to be very exuberant messages, as they should be, really, to flow in his flow. It is to live in the river of life. To flow in his flow, it's to truly abide in the tree of life. To be a partaker of life, a demonstrator of life, where we see laying hands on the sick and they recover where we see the demons at the command leave and be cast out, the captives be set free. This is the flow of his flow. And how do we flow in his flow? We flow in his flow as there's an alignment 
of our life fully expressing his life. Every message up to this moment has really brought us to this crossroads. Do we continue in this flow of his life by daily picking up the cross of Christ and seizing from a carnal thought of understanding of woe is me or I've lost it all or you fill in the blanks of carnal living, carnal understanding of my life. Dead end. I can't see beyond my, my little nose. All I see is trouble. Or do we go with the word of God that has spoken to us clearly? If God be for us, who can be against us? Do we go with the one who says he'll never leave us nor forsake us? Do we go with the one that knows the plans that he has for us, that are good plans, to be conformed to the likeness of his son forever, to demonstrate the very goodness of God towards man, to walk in the forgiveness of God, to walk in the very life of God, to flow in his flow, crossroads of decision-making. And so here we are, having to once again make that decision before God. We go with you, God. I don't go with my old carnal self, be jerked around by carnal moment. But I go with his moment. His moment, according to the word of God, is exceeding glory. That everything on this earth that's coming against me, stacked against you and I in the body of Christ, should we not look at it and be mesmerized by it, is working for us a greater, more exceeding weight of glory, a demonstration of sonship and dominion on earth, a demonstration of the very life of God to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. To speak life into a dead moment and see it come alive. To trouble not my heart in the midst of trouble. To be still to know that he is God. This is coming into full submission of divine order for my life. This moment. See, he doesn't get your moment. He doesn't get your moment in terms of your little pity party. In terms of woe is you, no one likes you. No one talks to you. Because he doesn't want your moment to get you. He doesn't want you to be ensnared by a moment that is supposed to work for you. <laughs> Glorious deliverance. By looking unto him, the author and the finisher of our faith. This is the flow of his flow. His way. His truth, his life. Jesus is his name. Jesus is his name. Let's go to John 6.61. Right after Jesus speaks, for me, one of the most powerful chapters in the Bible. I mean, there's many, of course, every word is powerful, filled with power. Dunamis power of the Holy Spirit. Miracle working power of God to bring life into my thoughts, so that I live out life. For that which I meditate, 
with my thoughts and I put my mind on, I am becoming. I am becoming. And so when I meditate these life thoughts of the word of God, I am being transformed into life. Life. A demonstrator of life. The Christ life. Mahariki laba. Don't let go. Don't let go of that which he's led you up to this moment for. Don't look back and cave into a moment and be ensnared as Lot's wife and be paralyzed and turned into bitterness. A pillar of salt. Distasteful. And so in John 6, he, he speaks of being him, being the very bread of life. And those that partake of him have eternal life. Those that believe him will never hunger nor thirst. That his body is food indeed and his blood is drink indeed. And after he said that, we come here. Into verse 60. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. How can I go this way? How can I live this life? Who can understand it that he is the bread of life? And unless I eat him of him, I have no life. Who can understand this with carnal minds? You cannot understand the things of God with your natural unrenewed mind. Your natural unrenewed mind is an enemy to God's ways. An enemy to God's mind. An enemy to the word of God. An enemy to Jesus. A persecutor of Jesus, the word of God. And so here are the disciples who can understand this hard saying. And Jesus knowing all things, for all things are before him. All things are before him. We live life before God. He's the unseen presence that never departs us. Knows our thoughts from afar off. Hears every meditation of my heart. And is quick to bring an alignment to it. Should it be veering off, off the truth. Jesus knew in himself, in himself, that his, he didn't have to hear them. He knew. He knew by the Holy Spirit. That his disciples complained about this. He said to them, does this offend you? Does this offend you? Does the word of God offend you? That which he just said, does it offend us? That unless we eat of his flesh and drink of his blood, we're not his. We're not his disciples. Unless we're partakers of divine nature, born again, we're not God's. Unless we continue in the partaking of truth, we are in a danger moment 
of losing our fellowship with him. What then? If you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before. It is the Spirit. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. So to flow in his flow is to flow in his spirit that gives life. And not to walk in the flesh, satisfying carnal desires, but really it's an unquenching fire. Once we yield to the flesh, it's never satisfied. And we have become, really, can I use this word, an abomination. A spot, can I say better, in the body of Christ. And we know he's coming for the one bride that is pure, without spot nor wrinkle, no blemish in his sight, because of the purging of the blood of Christ. Because she has been purged by the blood of Christ, the utmost work of God that he wrought on the cross that silenced the wrath of God forever towards us. So that we now have the liberty to live in the spirit for where the spirit of the Lord is. There is liberty. Liberty from what? From carnal nature dictates that are bondage to us. Bondage to fear again. Ensnared by religion, tradition that, that captivates us and steals the liberty of Christ that we have in him. To walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. To walk in the spirit by being a believer of truth and a doer of truth. Not to parade before man, but to be seen by him. That's why when you pray, go in the closet and close the door. He sees all. When you give, don't let the other hand know you've given. He sees all. And when you fast, don't be like the hypocrites. Parading yourself in your fast, how spiritual you are. But do it in the secret place, for that's where he is. In the unseen chambers of your life. Mm. The unseen chambers of your heart he dwells and resides in. In himself he knew they murmured and complained. Just as he knew, they, he knew in the tents of old, in the desert, in the wilderness, when Moses, the man of God, was leading them out, they murmured and complained. And so today, to flow in his flow is to stay in the liberty of Christ. To stay in the liberty where the Spirit produces life in you and I. I looked last week, this verse, 
in uh, the New Living. Let's read a few translations of this John 6, 63 verse. The NIV, the Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I've spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. So to flow in the flow of spirit and life, we flow in the word of God. We abide. We live. We dwell. The only place where life and spirit are or is the word of God. The word of God. The new living, the spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I've spoken to you are spirit and life. ESV, it is the spirit who gives life. Who gives you life today? Who is life giver and life maintainer? Life provider, life sustainer, the spirit within you. Just like Romans 8 says, if that spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he's quickening your mortal body. He's the one that is our life. We have nothing to live in or stand in nor have confidence in if it's not him. Nothing outside of him gives life. The true life. Life eternal life. Health life. Sound mind. So many articles on healthy living, healthy living, healthy living. You can go crazy just reading on healthy living. I thought it was this, I thought it was that. Okay, and my list keeps growing on how to live healthy. Twice a week exercise, no, not good enough. Five times a day exercise, not good enough. Five supplements, no, ten supplements. No, no, just one supplement. Confusion. Confusion. He alone leads us in life. He is life. The spirit who gives life, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. No help at all. No help at all. Let's read that again. The flesh is no help at all. Can't help you will only ensnare you and lead you into death. will only ensnare you and leave you dry and thirsty and hungry, never satisfies. The very words I've spoken to your spirit and life. The very words he speaks to us are spirit and life. 
We also looked at John 3. Quickly, we can go back to John 3, just a couple pages ahead of this. And it's, um, let's see, verse 5, John 3, 5. With Nicodemus, you must be born again. Jesus speaks to Nicodemus, and in verse 5, he continues, Jesus says, Answer it, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, which cannot help you, which profits nothing, which is idle works, leads to a dead end. No benefit in it. Counts for nothing. And that which is born of the Spirit is life. That which is born of the Word of God as we are through this new creation that we have in Christ now, we become born of the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. We live in life. We live in the very spirit of liberty in Christ. We live in the very, we live in the very presence of life. We've been granted access, access to live life from above. We've been granted, we've been granted an ability the Holy Spirit ability to walk through love, through, through, through life in the very love of God. To know that we are accepted in Him forever. To know that we are validated by Him forever. To know that before Him we stand, we stand with confidence on the finished work, on the basis of a finished work, knowing I'm blameless before Him in His sight. That is the flow of God towards the children of God. Born of His Spirit. Having the very life of God within me. Having the very life of God within me. So that I can in turn demonstrate this life of God, his life to others. And this is where dominion and sonship fits in. Where it is coming to the end of you trying to work your own little system. That has failed. Counts for nothing. That we come back to the place of, yeah, yeah, no, I'm reckoning the old man dead today. No, I'm not going back to the old way. No, I will press forward into the newness of life that I have in him. I will press forward in him alone. So I will go back into the word life. So I can soar in his life. That his life brings forth a sobriety and a lifting up out of misery and miserable living that is found in the world. Misery. Misery. Miserable thoughts. 
into a life abundant. Life abundant. Knowing I live life in him now. And he lives life in me now. Mm -mm -mm. Glory be to God. Romans 8. Mention Romans 8. We might as well go to Romans 8. This is the liberty to us who believe in him, who are born again, who are allowing the word to transform us daily. There is therefore now no condemnation, Romans 8.1, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, those who live his life, to be in Christ Jesus it is uh, what that means. It's no longer you. No, no. What does that mean, Desi? Well, that means you cannot trust the carnal thoughts. You have to allow the word to wash you again. So you bring every thought that's in opposition, a self-protection thought, self Preservation thought. Offended thought. Whatever it might be, pity thoughts. That you bring them down. Prideful thoughts. That you bring them down. Say, no, it is Christ in me living life. And I'm making it through this moment. I'm an overcomer because he says I'm an overcomer. I don't care how I feel. I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. In Christ, you and I are overcomers. This Christian faith that resides within us, the faith of the Christ man, Christian. The faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has made me an overcomer over everything that is in the world. That's, that means no condemnation. <laughs> that means no, no bad thoughts to have preeminence in my life. To those who walk in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, that profits nothing, that counts for nothing, that helps you in nothing, nothing, nothing. Nothing. And yet if God be for you, ha, who can be against you? Unstoppable in the spirit. Born of him and become an overcomer in him now. I am I. Life divine within us. Keep pressing. Keep pressing. Forward into maturity. The last two messages. The last two messages I spoke on. Go forward and grow in God. Grow in God and in life. These two messages. Will be the most contended reality in your life, by the way. 
because that's where opposition is. But that's where conquest is. You want to conquer? Grow in God. Lots of opportunity to demonstrate the conquest of Christ in you. <laughs> and you and him are now what? More than a conqueror. You walk in the victory he's wrought for you already. Didn't have to slug it out with the devil. He did that for you. Walk in that finished work of it is finished. Complete forever. Ha! Glory be to God. From there, let's jump to, well, we read verse 11. Uh, sorry, I spoke of verse 11. Let's read it. Verse 11. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, and he does because you believe in him, because you're born again, he who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life, will give life to your mortal bodies. How does he do that? How does he do that? Through his spirit who dwells in you. Through his spirit who dwells in you. And over the many weeks and months and maybe even years, it's been four years since I've been speaking these messages. We know and we've stated that the Holy Spirit that lives in us is the spirit of truth. And his main function is to lead us in truth. That's his name. In the truth of the word of God. And so your life is found in the lead of the spirit that is in the word of God. For his words are spirit and they are life. This is the only way you walk in life. True life. The quickening of your mortal body. It's not by the band-aid of an external moment, but it's through the very life divine of the spirit of liberty within you. And so we have to, we have to release all these shackles of bondage, of thought, of doubt and unbelief. And I've got to figure out what my symptom is. And so I've got to figure out what my solution is. Like we can really come to the bottom line of it. The bottom line is I am a child of God. I am born of God. I've overcome this moment. And there is victory for me in this moment. There's only conquest in this moment for me. And so I walk as such. I walk as such. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 9. In the very power of God, you and I walk. Just like Paul did. Just like Paul did. 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Actually, no, not 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry. It's uh, 2 Corinthians 13. I also have that 1 Corinthians 9. I read it a couple of weeks ago, but 2 Corinthians 13. Yeah. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 4. Paul writes, For though he was crucified in Christ, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, in feebleness, that word means. Though he was crucified in weakness, in weakness, that's feebleness. Like the flesh is feeble. In the flesh he died. He became sin for us. 
The penalty of sin is death. He took the full penalty, death, on the cross, became sin. So we can now, by faith, become the righteousness of God in Christ. This is truth. This is the truth of the gospel. It's who you are right now through the work of the cross, righteousness before God, through the blood and broken body of Jesus. In him, you are righteousness. Though he was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by the power of God. That word power is dunamis, miracle-working power. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God towards you. The NIV of that verse reads, For to be sure, he was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by God's power. Likewise, we are weak in him because it's his power now working through me, not my weakness. His power, his life, his spirit, liberty in Christ is working now. Yet, likewise, we're weak in him, yet by God's power, we will live with him in our dealings with you. In our dealings with you, meaning right here, right now. Right here, right now, we live by the power of God within us. The Berean Standard Bible, for he was indeed crucified in weakness, yet he lives by God's power. And though we are weak in him, yet by God's power, we'll live with him to serve you. Our service one to another. Our life here on earth is to be lived solely by the power of his spirit. How do you serve in your local church? Where do you fit in in the body of Christ? How do you demonstrate Christian love towards another? By the power of his spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. He has now raised you up with him. Through this new creation life that you have to sit where he sits, to live as he lives right now by the power of God, by that same spirit that quickened him and brought life to him out of the pit of hell, lives in you now, here now, quickening your mortal body unto life divine. This is the very flow of God. How do you flow in his flow? You live in his spirit. How do you demonstrate him to others? By the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of God. Galatians 5, 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Stand fast in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. 
free. And do not be entangled again. Do not be entangled again, which tells me there is potential to be again, again, entangled with a yoke of bondage. What is this yoke of bondage? In Romans 8, I didn't get to read it, but I'll read it now. If I go from 12, 8, 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, not to that that counts for nothing, not to that which helps us with nothing. We're not debtors to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. How clear this is. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. Do you understand that? There's no life there. Oh, God gets me. I'm very weak. Yeah, but that's not a cop out. We just saw how Paul lived. He lived in the power of God. What grace was given to him. But he didn't reckon to himself after his weaknesses. Let me tell you how weak I am. Let me tell you what my faults are. Let me tell you how messed up my life is. Weak, 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 weak. I'm weak. No, no. We have to acknowledge every good thing we have now in us in Christ. This is the communication of our faith. That we now live by the power of God. I am an overcomer. And it's not just the mere talk of, of, of I'm trying to pretend. And yet I feel so miserable. I speak to myself. Just like David had to encourage himself at Ziglag when he came and saw his whole community burned down and the family, his family and the family of all his men taken away into captivity. So bad it was. Everyone wept and they wanted to stone him. And what did David do? He encouraged himself in the Lord. He tucked himself before God in a secret place. And he encouraged himself. And God said, pursue them and overtake them. And he did and recovered all. He recovered all. Why? He lived in the power of God. How much more we now in Christ have life through his word. Spirit word. Looking for a spirit word? Looking for prophetic words? Right here, the scriptures are the more sure words. If we live according to the flesh, we'll die. But if by the Spirit, by the Spirit, by the power of God in you, if by the Spirit you, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Means there is a, there is subduing of flesh to be done by us through the Spirit. To live. So with that, so that we live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, the ones who have mortified their flesh by yielding to the Spirit, by yielding to the truth of the Word of God, by being doers of His Word. The Word brings forth mortification to your flesh. 
a silencing of earthly desire because you are heavenly minded. You've set your gaze on him. Let's run this race. Where is he now? Far above all. And where he is, you are. And if you are in him as you are, dead crucified in him, through that baptism, when he died, you died. When he rose, you rose. This is Christian identification. No longer my life. That in the war of baptism, silence forever. I live now as he lives and I've set my mind where he is. And because of it, I am solely led by his spirit now. I am a son of God. I am a son of God. A son of dominion, can I add? For you did not receive the spirit of bondage. This is it. For you did not receive, a, you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. But living the carnal life that is bound by fear, may I add. You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, the very loved ones of God, the overcomers of God, those that live in the spirit where liberty is. And if children, then heirs, heirs of Christ and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, put that old man down, that we may also be glorified together to live with him. And so this is where Galatians 5 fits in so perfectly. 5.1, stand fast, therefore, withstand all. Keep on standing. After you've done all, stand. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Bondage to fear again. Living like the carnal world, afraid of everything, a sneeze and a cough. Afraid of everything, a germ in the atmosphere. Bacteria on my skin. And the list just goes on from there. This is the least of it. The least. Fear for your life. Fear for your children. Fear for your finances. Fear for your mind. Fear. 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 And we might not say I'm afraid because, you know, we've been in Christendom for a long while. To say I'm afraid is not so good. It means I don't trust God. But yet fearful. Fearful. That's not trusting God. What are we supposed to be in the secret place? Bold. Because we're found in prayer. We're found in being a giver of my life to him. Living the fasted life of no longer I, but him in me living life through me. That's dominion. Why should I be afraid of God before me? Why should I be afraid if the spirit of the one that raised Jesus from the dead quickened? Quickened the one that was fully dead, Jesus, into life again. And he now lives in me. Afraid of what? 
premature death? Afraid of what? If God for me, living his life in earthly moment can arise against me. You see, I have to set my mind on that which is above. Because the one that cuts short our moments in God here on earth, it's the carnal man that profits nothing, that leads to destruction. Galatians 5, 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith working through love. And here I'm coming to the core of the message. To flow in his flow is to live in the race of faith. Flow in his flow is the race of faith. When you hear flow in the flow, it should mean to you, live by faith alone. Because what counts in Christ is not what you do to your outer man or with your outer man to earn merit with God. Circumcision or no circumcision. But what counts what avails? What produces fruit for the kingdom of God? Is faith working through love. Faith working through love. Let's go to Hebrews 12. Faith working through love. What is this? What is this faith? I mean, we've been speaking on a lot of these things for a while. It's just another facet of the Christ life. Of the flow of how he flows. In case we think, you know, as carnal as carnal can be, we can live life and flow in a demonstration of the spirit. You know what that is? That's witchcraft. That's control and manipulation. That is, see me, see me, see me, what I can do. How anointed I am. How called of God I am. See me, see me. And God does exalt his vessels and demonstrate his spirit power. And behind that moment, only God knows how surrender a life is to him. But as for me in my household, my desire is to serve him alone. And my life be fully submitted to his life. So there will be a demonstration of life through me. That is by the power of God in me. And not by an earthly desire. 
to attain glory on God's behalf. The motive of one's heart before God is very important. And I believe that all of us at this moment are coming to that narrowness once again. No longer I. No longer I. But the resurrector of life in me, who's given me life, lives in me and triumphs through me over everything. He leads me in triumph always. That is true glory for God. But look, look, look what it looks like in Hebrews 12, 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and, and this is right after chapter 11 of Hebrews, the heroes of faith, surrounded by them. Surrounded by David, surrounded by Daniel in the spirit. Joseph, who didn't bow the knee to pity. Didn't bow the knee to bitterness and vengeance. And everything else that he had to endure, that God really proved the man that he had to withstand. Surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, how are we supposed to live life? How do we run the race? Do they get our weaknesses? Does David get our weaknesses that cost him his son with Bathsheba, the first, the first son? Does God get that? He didn't get it with David's moment. Since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, every weight, every burden, and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And what is this? Let us flow in his flow, can I say? And let us run with endurance, with endurance, buddy, with endurance. You gotta withstand. You gotta resist certain temptations, many, all temptations. You gotta withstand Satan steadfast in the faith. Let us run with endurance. What? The race. The race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. How do we run this race with endurance? By setting your gaze on him who's gone before you. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. This is it. The flow of his flow. He endured. So you, you now overcome. So you now overcome. So you can now live in the power of God. Endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down, sat down in that dominion place, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I want to see this in the, um, the word race, especially in the strong concordance. The strongs reads, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud, cloud, that is, 
That is dense crowd, a dense crowd, a multitude, great company, a cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off, put all the old men, Galatians tells us. Uh, yes, in um, Colossians, there's also uh, Colossians and Ephesians, sorry, to throw off the old man and to put on the new man that is renewed in the image of him. Let us throw off every encumbrance that is the weight, that is the burden, and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run. This is it. Run is to run or to walk hastily. With endurance, that word endurance is steadfastness, <laughs> steadfastness, patient waiting for, cheerful endurance, constancy. Cheerful endurance. Put a smile on. Put a smile on. Constancy. Stay in him. Don't budge. This is the word. The race set out for us. Take note. This race is set out for us. What is the flow he's ordained for us? This one. This one. This race. And you know what the word race is? It's agon. Can you hear the word agony in it? <laughs> It's strong 73. The word race that is set out before us is a gathering, a contest, struggle. The usage of this word is an athletic contest, hence a struggle in the soul. The word study for this word race that's set out before us that we're to run with endurance, the race of faith, the race of faith, the race of faith is the flow of God in your life. Flow in his flow is run the race of faith. Run the race of faith. This word race, the word study, agon, the, the root of the English word is agony, agonize. Properly, a contest, struggle, a grueling conflict. This is what's set up before us. But we have the power of God to run this race by. The race of faith. A grueling conflict, a fight. A positive struggle that goes with fighting the good fight of faith. The example here, the same word is used in, in 1 Timothy 6.12, which literally states, struggle, the good struggle of the life of faith. Struggle, the good struggle of the life of faith. <laughs> struggle, the good struggle of the life of faith. The reference here being 1 Timothy 6.12 reads, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you are also called, the race that you're called to, to which you're also called and have confessed the good confession, have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. 
This great cloud of witnesses are spectating. You've made your confession for Christ. Now the flow that you're to flow with is the race of faith. And that looks like the fight of faith. That looks like you not giving up. That looks like you withstanding all. That looks like you know that there is a crown to be won. And it's not haphazard. It requires consistency. It requires cheerful endurance. It requires patience. Not giving up the race of faith. This is the very flow of the Holy Spirit. That's why the, the, the fruit of the Spirit are such. They're given to enable us to run the very race of faith in Galatians. Ah, we've not really fully understand the call that we're called by. The race that we, we're called to, to run. And so when trouble comes, when a hard moment comes, oh, oh, uh, maybe I missed it. Let me go look at my, let me look at the files of my life over the last 5, 20, 30 years. Even though I was raised up. All I can see is messed up. That's why. No, let go of the past. You knew creation, man or woman. You knew. In Christ you have liberty to believe, to, to believe the word of God. That what he says about you is true, that you are blameless through this new blood, through this new life that you have in the blood of Christ, in the life of God. You're blameless in his sight. But you got to contend. That word race again. Refers to an athletic contest, hence a struggle in the soul. In secular Greek, this word, 73, agon, refers to a gathering to see the games or the place of contest. Or the Olympus games themselves or some smaller contest, in particular, the gymnikos, these are Greek um, events, hippokos and musikos. And more generally, any struggle or battle, any struggle or battle, fight the fight of faith. Lay hold on that which is provided for you. Eternal life. The power of God residing in you. I have to finish with this verse because I... I uh, Mentioned it briefly and almost stumbled in my reference there in, um, right, Colossians. Finish it here. The encourager <laughs> to keep running, to keep running. Yeah, no, I'm going the wrong way in my Bible. Let me just focus here for a moment. Colossians. Colossians 3. Colossians 3. Ah, oh, I'll read the whole portion of it. Let's go verse 1. If then you are raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, the flow of his flow. Seek, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind, set your mind on the things above. You live life before a great crowd of witnesses, you see. You call to a race that the victory has been declared over it, but you're going to run it. 
You gotta fight the fight of faith. You gotta withstand and resist. You gotta go on and be consistent. You gotta have cheerful endurance. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth, how bad it is or how good it is or whatever it is. My life is not found here. My life is from above, found in Christ. For you died, you see, you and I in Christ, we died. And your life is where now? Hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also appear, will appear with him in glory. Only glory in this divine life we have. Therefore, put on. So because of that which he just stated, therefore, put on, put to death, Put to death your members, and we wrote, we read in Romans 8, that by the Spirit we mortify the deeds of the flesh. We have supernatural ability. We've been equipped for this work of putting down the old man. The power of God we have. Put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Idolatry. Does God get idolatry? No. No. He, the land he gave the Israelites, that he brought them in, he took them out of Egypt to bring them in this promised land. What did he do because of idolatry? He exiled them out into Babylon, put them in captivity in Babylon, took them out of the land because of idolatry. It's not a minor thing, idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked, once we all walk this way, when you lived in them, lived in sin, but no more. But now, but now, now in Christ, can I add, but now you yourselves are to put off these, put off these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie. Do not lie to one another. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, no longer earthly identifications, generational lineages, Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ. But Christ is all and in all. What is the flow in his flow? Christ is all and in all. That's it. We're done. Amen. Glory be to God. We're done.